Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. Good morning. I am joined this morning on our Smart Garden Show by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, answering those lawn and garden questions today. Good, Teresa, good morning. Good morning, Denny. It's so happy to. I'm so happy to hear you. Well, it's uh, always a pleasure to have you on the radio with us here, and the people love it too. And uh, already we're getting uh, text messages. I was looking at the uh, radar just a couple of minutes ago, and it looks like uh, there is indeed a bunch of showers heading toward the Twin Cities. We seem to. We seem to be uh, kind of in, in a dome, a protected dome. Like every time it comes nearest, they dissipate. But I think we're going to get uh, get some much-needed showers. So I think we are, too. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed, toes crossed. That's kind of hard, but I'm yeah, still doing it. that's good news. In the meantime, if you have any kind of a lawn and garden question, uh, you know how busy we tend to get uh, in this hour. So we'd love to hear from you. Here's our phone number. It also happens to be the uh, text number. So whichever is easy for you, we'd love to hear you. 
to uh, call in and uh, chat with uh, Teresa. But if it's easier for you to send a text, by all means, 651-461-9226. Text came in a bit ago, Teresa. It says this, uh, I water regularly. Why does my grass grow slower in the heat? Do I need to fertilize more? I think you're going to say don't fertilize right now. Yeah, don't fertilize because it could be a little bit stressed right now. It, I, I, I'm not sure why your grass isn't growing, but if we get some cooler weather, you could fertilize or even top dress with a light, light, light coat of um, compost. Just kind of sprinkle it in a little bit. That might help. And then just always remember to mow high. That's really helping the grass to grow faster and or to grow better, to grow more healthy. But during this hot weather, and I think Julie don't mentioned it too, yeah. don't fertilize. No, no, no. because it's like it's stressed. And when you're stressed as a person and you're hot, you're not going to sit down to a 12-course dinner. So you don't want to stress out your grass. That would just make you sick. You don't want to make your grass sick. And I know I'm putting human characteristics on grass, but hopefully then people can understand what the grass is doing and not to stress it more. Another long question, but this was uh, the deposits made by female deer. Uh, do you think that will kill grass? If so, will it come back next year is the question. You know, I'm not sure how uh, how that works with deer. I, I would have absolutely no clue on that. Um, I would I would if you can, you know, wear a mask and gloves and pick it up and dispose of it in the in wherever you're going to dispose of it. And then um, if you're worried about it burning the grass like a dog's um, feces would, then just water that area really well and try to flush out some of that extra fertilizing that you're getting. But to be honest with you, I do not know how how um, hot uh, deer manure is. I've never come across that question before. You have stumped me. And what about urine? Um, urine could possibly be the same, but if it's not a concentrated thing, I would just, uh, if they're always going in one spot, and if you can stop them from going in there, put up a little fence or something so they don't get in there. Uh, but then just water it and, again, flush it out. Well, if you have an answer for this, I know you're going to make millions of dollars a week. Uh, how do I get How do I get rid of rabbits in my garden? Oh well, uh, there's there's a number of ways you can encourage the predators in your area, the foxes and the owls and the uh, coyotes. Uh, you can have a, a fence all around your yard. Uh, make sure that you fence it, and, and wherever they come in, then you just you just fix that area with more fencing. Uh, you can use uh, repellents that are have a heavy fragrance, a strong fragrance. It might be blood meal. It might be something like garlic or a chemical smell or or something like that. Uh, you can also just make it really uncomfortable for them to be there. Um, you're always out there. Your dog is always out there. I know rabbits are active in the evening and the night, so that's not going to be really helpful with your dog because you don't want to leave your dog out all night. So fencing is the best way to do it. And to no, encourage those good. those predators. Yep, a barrier. Uh, let's grab a phone call this morning, Teresa. Jean calling in uh, from St. Paul this morning. Jean, what's your question? Good morning. Um, how long uh, um, can you uh, cut rhubarb? You know, I would stop cutting it, uh, say, within the next two weeks if you can. If it's a big, healthy, huge, established plant, you, I know otherwise you're not cutting it, you're pulling it, don't cut it. 
but you can harvest uh, till maybe the 4th of July or the week afterwards. Uh, if it's just been put in in the last five years, I'd probably go really easy on that. And then just hopefully it will recover, give it a nice uh, fertilizing and keep it well watered. And it'll put on a flush of new growth and all those leaves that it puts on will um, help to reestablish the energy in the root system. Okay, thank you much. You bet. Good, thank you for the call, Jean. Uh, this text says, uh, when do I cut back the dead iris blooms? You can cut those back as soon as they're dead. Just You could chop it right off under the bloom, or you can go all the way down the stalk and cut it off. Uh, sometimes people leave the green stalk up because it's still photosynthesizing a little bit and bringing energy into the plant. But if you don't like the look of those sticks sticking up, just cut them off. And uh, again, uh, you can do a little top dressing of a fertilizer because irises can be a heavy feeder also. Good luck with those. They're beautiful. This uh, texture wants some suggestions. Uh, it says, I have daylilies. Some of the leaves are starting to turn yellow. I don't know if it's due to watering or if it's due to the soil. Or is this normal, do you think? Uh, or And it could also be uh, there are some diseases, some thrips and things that get into daylilies. I would definitely head over to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu, and then click on what's wrong with my plant. And it'll give you some ideas to look for. Otherwise, just cut off the the uh, dead leaves, as soon as they start to look a little icky, just go ahead and cut them off in case there are some insects on there causing that disease. Uh, keep your plants well watered. And again, you could top icky. Just go ahead and cut them off in case there are some insects on there causing that disease. Uh, keep your plants well watered. And again, you could top dress with a little compost. Uh, daylilies aren't that heavy of a feeder, but uh, you do want to give them a nice, healthy soil. So you can always just top dress gently with compost. That's that's always okay. Okay, even if the plant is a little stressed, uh, say those plants we were talking about earlier, like grass and that, you can always top dress lightly with compost. That's really gentle fertilizing. You know, we're going to take a quick break here, but I I know, and you and I uh, briefly chatted about uh, a garden tour. Isn't it coming up like the 8th of this coming month? It's coming up July 8th, and I can give you more news right now. Uh, It's uh, go to Hennepin Master Gardeners. Uh, You can buy tickets. It's going to be nine gardens in the north and northwest suburbs of Minneapolis, so you'll be able to to get out there into the beautiful suburbs and see what's going on. Nine or, or eight of them are individual gardens by Master Gardeners, and one is actually a communal garden that supports the area around around it. We'll have a book nook and we were all signing books. So the authors have signed all the books for, for Hennepin County Master Gardeners. And we'll have some food trucks and we'll have a garden shed. So there's all kinds of stuff and there'll be tons of Master Gardeners around to ask questions of or just get ideas from. So we hope oh. to see you. Oh, that sounds like a fun deal. That's the 8th of July coming the 8th up. Of it's, July, almost, yep. it's almost July now. It's almost July. So get your tickets early. They're $15 in advance, $20 at the door. And it's a self-guided tour. And, uh, Teresa, I'm going to ask you about that before you leave us today, okay. just a, another reminder. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. In the meantime, let's take a uh, quick break, inviting our listeners to join in. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering those lawn and garden questions uh, today. Showers on the way for the Twin Cities, we hope, with the highs near 84 right now on CCO, 75 degrees. Stay with us. And another good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here, along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. 
doing all the heavy lifting today. She's the one answering all the questions uh, by text or by phone. If you'd like to call and chat with Teresa, we'd love to hear you. Otherwise, just send your text like a lot of folks are doing. 651-461-9226. In the meantime, Teresa, let's grab a phone call. Catherine's calling in from uh, Blaine, I believe, uh, this morning. Catherine, what's your question for uh, Teresa? Good morning, Denny, and good morning, Teresa. Yes, Teresa, I I have a question. Okay, so my daylilies are blooming, but none of my other lilies even even bloomed at all. In fact, they're gone. Um, And also, one other question I have. I mean, I water. I have a sprinkler system, so it gets watered well. So what's going on? And Siberian iris is getting bloom either. So what is going on with, is it just the heat and the way that the weather has been? Catherine, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's just the heat. Now, if your other lilies are totally gone, such as the plants are gone, I would think that maybe bunnies got to them. Uh, that's a little strange that they're eating them now, but that's always a possibility. But I think you're just seeing the plants be a little confused with the hot, hot weather. And uh, make sure when you water, you're watering infrequently and deeply so those roots go down into the soil. They don't sit on the top one or two inches. They, they go down into the soil looking for the water. I hope that helps you. Very good. This uh, texture says we have massive amounts of sap all over everything. Uh, your thoughts? Where is this coming from? Uh, I would look up and see if you have a tree. If you have uh, some kind of tree up there, I would guess that you don't have sap coming down. What you might be seeing is honeydew, which is um, an uh, it's when you have aphids in plants and they suck all the juices out, uh, they can only have so much sugar and, and water in their system. So then they basically pee it out. And that's what you're seeing is called honeydew. And that would be the sap that you're seeing dripping on everything, unless you're actually seeing sap coming out of trees and things like that. But if you're finding it all over stuff and you have maybe a honey locust above you or another tree, it could just have aphids. And so there's Mm -hmm. nothing you can really do. The aphids are up there. They're in the big trees, so you can't really do anything. The plants will be fine. You look up, they're fine. It's just kind of annoying. So just spray it off with some water and it should be fine. Yeah, I come to think of it, I clean my car up, and then the next day I'm driving and I pull in the garage and I thought, what's this sap on my, yep, on my windshield? There it's you honeydew. Go. Yeah, it's honeydew. honeydew. I, I yeah. have a honey locust out front, and that's where I park my car. So I know all about those little green aphids on honey locusts, but they're on a lot of different trees, too. So besides that, I have a honeydew list, so it's always yes. one way or the <laughs> Not other. Not to be you. confused, two totally <laughs> different <laughs> things. Let's grab another phone call, Teresa. Sharon's calling in from North Branch, I believe, this morning. Hi, Sharon. What's your question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney? Good morning. I just have a question. What is the best time of day to water? And then we ha- we live in North Branch, and it's very sandy. How often should we water? Okay, Sharon, those are really good questions. The ideal best time of day to water is early in the morning, so the plants are all plump and happy and healthy going through the stressful, warm weather that we have. And also by 10 o'clock, usually winds come up and they help dry off any moisture that you happen to put on the leaves, so there's less chance of fungal things and, and things like a powdery mildew to get on the leaves. 
with the sandy soil, you may have to water maybe again toward the the beginning of the evening if your plants are really super stressed. Otherwise, just just uh, you may need to water every day. It really depends on what you're looking at. If it's containers, it might be twice a day. If it's your lawn, uh, once or once a week or maybe twice a week. If you have a sandy soil, you want to put down half an inch of water. You can test that with sprinklers by putting tuna cans out and just running your sprinkler as normal. And then you'll put you'll back you'll turn your sprinkler off and go out and measure how much water you've put in the uh, the tuna cans, and you'll be able to see that you put down half an inch of water, and your lawn wants about an inch of water a week. Hopefully those okay. things help you. Go to the Extension website. They'll give you more information. Yeah, let's mention that again, extension.umn.edu. Great resource. Yep, Great wonderful. reading. You're going to mm-hmm. find a lot of info there. Um, Texter says, are mulberry trees invasive? Should small volunteers be eradicated? Uh, I don't know if they're listed as invasive, but they are very aggressive. They grow very quickly. They have a lot of fruit on them, so the birds like them. Uh, when the when the fruit falls down or when the birds um, eat the fruit and then pass through what they're not using, you can get a lot of staining on decks and cars and, and sidewalks and things. Uh, if you want to keep one small mulberry, and get, you'll see that it puts on a huge amount of growth each year, and you want to keep trimming it, but you want some of those fruits. They're very delicious, some people think, uh, in their, veg, in their um, breakfast. Go ahead and do that. Otherwise, uh, I try to take out the mulberries when I see them. They're just too too fast growing for my small yard. Uh, they are a very aggressive plant. Okay, let's pick up on another phone call. Teresa, Angie is calling in from St. Louis Park this morning. Angie, good morning. What is your question? Uh, my question is: My children gave me a yellow magnolia tree for my birthday. My husband. Uh, planted he tickled the roots out it was in a ball form and we planted it he's been watering it in the morning and the evening and the leaves are curling up and turning brown are we over watering or what are we doing wrong you you could be over watering what i would do is just dig out about six inches down just outside that root ball area and see what the soil is like you want it to be moist but not super hot super wet it could just be too that it's a shock for the tree, if the branches are still bendable, the tree is probably just fine. It may have just gotten shocked from from being in maybe a, a nursery setting and kind of protected a little bit out into the hot, hot sun and the hot weather that we've had. Uh, it mm-hmm. also could have, if you have uh, the leaves curling, there could have been an herbicide drift. It's not you, but maybe somebody else even up to a mile away could spray an herbicide. And if it's too hot, that stuff can travel on the wind for over a mile and it can settle down on a plant. So I would just pick off the dead leaves, touch the branches, see if they are flexible. You can even take a pruner and prune one of the branches just starting at the tip to back where you see some green wood. Then you know your plant's alive. But do check out what the soil temper- what the soil is doing. Now, when it sounds like butterflies, it sounds really pretty. That's a pretty yellow magnolia. I know we're going to break for, for that forecast, but let, let's grab this uh, text before we do. And to alert Ken and Tim, you're going to be next on the phone. Uh, this listener is going on vacation. Question is, if I put my African violets in a pan with water, will they get enough water sucked up through the drain holes to survive for 10 days? They should. And I wouldn't put the water too high. I'd probably only maybe put half half an inch of water uh, because you don't want them to be so soggy that they rot. Uh, So you probably only water your African violets once a week anyway. So 
giving it a good drink of water before you leave and just a little bit in that so in the in the pan before you go uh, should be fine and they should be just fine. Yep. Okay. Good luck. Hang on. Have a happy vacation. Uh, yes, indeed. And uh, we're going to have about another half hour of the show to go. So hang on, Teresa. We'll take this break. Have a look at that forecast. Let's hope we get some showers. And we'll find out in just a moment. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering all of those lawn and garden questions you may have by phone or by text. 651-461-9226. All right, uh, Teresa, we promised a couple of callers where you get them on the, on the air right away. Ken is calling in from Blaine. Thanks, Ken. What's your question, please? Thank you. Uh I'm interested in getting some ideas of how to uh, deal with buckthorn. Okay, Ken, that's a tricky one. Buckthorn is is quite quite aggressive and invasive, and you do want to remove it. First, go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu. It will give you a lot of ideas on buckthorn, how to take care of it. You can either pull up the buckthorn, you can cut it and paint it with an herbicide, uh, a selective herbicide for that, broadleaf herbicide. Uh, that's that's the best way to do it, to, to either cut it down or to pull up the small ones and then just keep on top of what you're seeing. And if you have a large property, it, it's, it's a process and you're going to have to work on it for many years. Understand that there's a lot of buckthorn seeds in the soil also. So as you're moving that soil around and digging up and pulling, you're bringing some of those weed seeds to the top, and they may sprout again, so you may see extra buckthorn over there. Um, So you'll have to keep on top pulling up the little buckthorns. I wish you good luck, but do head over to the Extension website. They have great uh, articles on how to get rid of the buckthorn and then what you might want to replace it with. Good luck, Ken. Well, that's tough stuff. Sure. That's tough That's stuff. Tough. It's really it's wonderful wood for woodworking. I hear and makes great utensils, but it's just it just is not good. No, we no. don't want it in Minnesota. No, thank you. Uh, let's. Uh, I, I want to. Uh, we're going to go back to Tim. Uh, let's do that now, Dennis. Uh, let's go to Holton, Wisconsin. Tim is on the horn there uh, with a question. Thanks for waiting, Tim. What is your question? I'm a rookie garlic grower. I have about a quarter acre. It's quite a quarter acre but it's quite an investment um it's about waist high and it's been had hasn't had rain in a long time it's stressed um is today a good day to cut capes and will i hurt the plant if i cut the capes i'm doing that to make the bulbs grow and the cape not grow um okay please advise me on this Tim, that's a great idea. I mean, you do want to cut those garlic scapes off uh, as soon as as soon as they start to curl. And you can actually, if you're going to be selling your crop and if you have something at the farmer's market, you could sell those scapes. They're an absolutely delicious vegetable. Uh, some people stir fry them, however you want to take care of them. Uh, but, yep, you do want to get rid of the scape. That is your the flowering stock and uh then you can give, uh, hopefully we'll get some rain, and that will help out the garlic. But, uh, yep, just just cut those scapes okay, off. Okay, That's really the, important. And there's Go also ahead. some, the, the, the tips are 
yellow. <laughs> okay, go okay. ahead. I'm, yep. Thank uh, you for answering. Okay, go ahead. Maybe that's a stress as a Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so some of the tips would be yellow. That's that's to be expected. Uh, usually about a week or two after you hit, after you uh, the scapes come come up and start to start to curl and you harvest them. That's usually about when the rest of the leaves will start to die down. When about a half or a third of them are dying down, then you can easily harvest your garlic and it's telling you it's ready to harvest, just like onions would tell you. So, yep, cut those scapes off. Wait till the tips kind of die down, the, gra- the, the leaves start to drag down, half to one third, and then you can start harvesting your garlic. Start at one end, and if you think the bulbs can be a little bit bigger, you can wait a week and then just carry on over that time. Good luck. Okay. Uh, uh, Teresa, this tester says my rhubarb has been abundantly growing for 30-plus years in the same spot. However, in the last three years, it begins to grow but almost immediately shrivels up and dies before any leaves mature. The only change has been my neighbor has planted a lilac bush. Any reason why this is happening to my rhubarb? The only things I could think of is getting a little bit of shade. Uh, it also is a heavy feeder, so maybe the lilac is starting to take some of the nutrition from the soil. Its roots are over there taking some of the nutrition, and uh, the rhubarb is suffering. Uh, you can uh, you can top dress with some compost or, or fertilize the rhubarb. Make sure it's not being shaded. Uh, but rhubarbs are heavy feeders, so it could just be that the soil fertility, for some reason, over the past few years, we've had drought, we've had a lot of stress. It could just be that that soil fertility has decreased. So you want to, to uh, up that fertility again for the soil. Good luck with your rhubarb. This listener says, I have a tomato plant that has yellow leaves. Some of them might have little black spots uh, on it. Is is it blight or too much water uh, root rot. Any suggestions, uh, suggestions you may have? Well, with, without seeing it, I can't tell you. But what I would do is I would say get those yellow leaves out of there. Uh, but while you t- after you take them off, go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and that will give you a really good idea on what's wrong with my plants. Go to tomatoes, and it'll talk you through all the different blights that you might see, uh, overwatering, underwatering, root rot, all of that. If I, you don't say if your tomatoes in the ground or in a pot and how much you've been watering, so I can't tell about root rot. Uh, you can always dig down into the soil outside of the plant roots and see what the soil is like. If it's too soggy, you know to back off with your water. If it's really dry, then you know to give it some more water. Uh, but, yeah, get those yellow leaves out of there. As soon as leaves start yellowing, they're not photosynthesizing, uh, so you can remove those from your plants, whatever plant you happen to see with yellow leaves. And plus, then it doesn't look so bad. But, yes, go to the Extension website, and they'll talk you through it. Good luck. Yeah, great website. Again, extension.umn.edu. Back to the phones we go. Rich calling in from Wisconsin this morning. Uh, Thanks for waiting, Rich. What is your question for Teresa? Good morning. Thank you. I have a similar problem. I planted 24 health kick tomato plants, which is similar to aromas. 16 of the 24 are... Are the leaves are, are shriveled somewhat, and they're stunted in growth. And I took photos and took to the nursery where I bought the plants from, and they said it is not blight, but it's likely that it's some type of virus. And he didn't know what they could do for that. I'm wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Um, 
I would uh, I would think uh, if they've diagnosed it as a virus, a virus is in the plant. Once a, a plant gets a virus, there's nothing you can do with it. It's like us getting chicken pox. We have it forever. It never goes away. Uh, so there's not much you can do with it. Um, I, I don't know if I would say it was a virus. I would definitely go to the Extension website and look online. There's a lot of leaf curl going on. Uh, it's the hot, windy weather just kind of stresses the plant. And tomatoes, some tomatoes are prone to leaf curl. And it's just that the leaves curl up, and that's just what they do. It, it, it just is a, a response to the environment. They never uncurl, but it doesn't hurt the plant at all. Uh, but I would definitely, I'm not that familiar with Health Kick. I know it's a newer variety. So I would definitely go to the extension website, see if that can help you a little bit there, Rich. And good luck with your tomatoes. Hope they hope they come out of it and you get a good crop. Another text says this, Teresa. I know I'm not supposed to cut down my peonies, which is fine, but I've noticed they have a white powdery substance on them. Uh, what does that mean, and do I need to be concerned? Um, that's powdery mildew, and lots of peonies will get that. We have hot, humid weather, and a lot of plants get get uh, powdery mildew. It doesn't usually impact the health of the plant. If your peonies get it every year and that bothers you, then bef- before or you see or you think it's impacting the health of your plant, next year uh, mark in your calendar like two weeks before you see the peony uh, getting the powdery mildew. Just figure out when you saw it this year and then mark for next year two weeks earlier and start treating with a fungicide that's for powdery mildew and that will stop it. Once you see powdery mildew, you really can't do anything. Uh, what you can do is you can spray the leaves early in the morning to kill that powdery mildew. Free water will kill the powdery mildew. And then hopefully the leaves will dry up fast enough so more powdery mildew can't inf- in, uh, infect the area again, that, that moist area of the leaves. Uh, but some plants are just, just more susceptible to it. Lilacs, squashes, uh, peonies, there's those plants with those big leaves and they just get a little powdery mildew. It's just what happens. Okay. Uh, before we break, uh, Teresa, let's, uh, for those that maybe joined us a little bit uh, late, there's a fun event coming along July 8th. And what is that about? There's a very fun event. Uh, Hennepin County Master Gardeners put on a learning garden tour. We are opening up eight Master Gardener Gardens in the north and northwest suburbs of Minneapolis and one communal garden. And this is a self-guided tour. Uh, it's July 8th, and we will have food trucks at some of them. There will be a, uh, a garden shed with a book nook with books signed by Master Gardeners who have written those books. And uh, there's lots of gardens, wonderful, diff- different facets in each garden uh, that will help you concentrate on uh, certain things so you can ask questions there. There'll be lots of master gardeners. It's a self-guided tour. You can get tickets for now for $15 or at the uh, gardens uh, in uh, for $20. And you go to Hennepin Master Gardeners, and you can find out all the information on our website. Hennepin Master Gardeners is Hennepin how you master look it gardeners. up. Okay. Yep, mm-hmm. All right, good. Sounds like fun. It would be. And self-guided, that makes it. It's a uh, self-guided. So make a day of it. Bring a friend or three and have fun and just bring all your Master Gardener questions because you'll Self-guided, that makes it. It's a uh, self-guided. So make a day of it, bring a friend or three, and have fun, and just bring all your Master Gardener questions because you'll have a whole bunch of Master Gardeners to talk to. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right, Teresa, uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and uh, come back and uh, field some more uh, lawn and garden questions here on Newstalk 830 WCCO.
It's a Saturday on WCCO. Just a reminder, coming along next hour, Andy Lindis will be joining us. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, he will be fielding those next hour here on CCO. In the meantime, we're in the midst of our Smart Garden Show. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering those lawn and garden questions for you. And again, Teresa, we have so many. Let's see how many folks we can help out before uh, you take your leave. Here's one. Uh, My hibiscus buds were falling off with the short stem attached, and I finally saw small round beetles, half the size of a ladybug, running around on the backside of the leaves. Are these dull black beetles causing the problem, or is it the weather? I water daily in the morning. I think it's probably the heat just caused the, the buds to fall off. It, it could be the beetles might be eating some of them um, and then causing them to fall down. They're eating the, uh, where the stem is. Uh, you can just spray it, uh, you know, brush the beetles off if you possibly can. Do keep it well watered. You don't want to overwater it. But I think it's just the heat. It's just the heat and the sun and the ozone in the air and the pollution in the air. It's messing with the plants, too. So we just have to give the cut the plants a break as much as we can and, and try to not expect too much of them. Okay. This one says, good morning from North Mankato. Good morning. Thank you good for morning. your show. Yes, I really enjoy it. Thank you for that. Uh, why would, Texas says, my potted tomato plants be developing yellow leaves at the bottom of the plants? Uh, there, there could be a variety of reasons. Those are old leaves, and the old leaves are expected to die. They get shaded out by the top of the plants. Uh, here's a tip for everybody growing tomatoes. Once you see the first tomato blossom, uh, the, the, think of the levels of leaves as like, like floors or scaffolding. That level of leaf can stay. The level underneath it can stay. Everything else you can take off uh, from the bottom so that they, because they're getting old, they may uh, vector diseases up from the soil. Uh, so clear those off so you have little tomato trees out there. Uh, that will help with a lot of the diseases. In pots, it could just be some overwatering. It could just be some splashing up from the soil. Uh, just take those yellow leaves off. There shouldn't be a problem. Okay. We have a lot of listeners in Mankato. We have uh, for years, I was thinking about, we were talking about Charlie and Barb Thompson, a couple who have traveled with us years ago on uh, some good neighbor tours, great people. So if you uh, if you know Charlie and Bob Thompson in Mankato, you tell them we were talking about them on the radio. <laughs> they were morning. being talked about great, on the air. <laughs> great folks, great folks. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have so many. Weevils everywhere. Acre-sized property, the viburnum, astilbe, and native bare root shrubs are mostly affected, but I'm finding them on everything. I have a neem oil hose and sprayer. Would this be effective if I spray only the plants, or do I need to address the lawn? Appreciate knowing any preventative or proactive comments. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of weevils again this year. I think it's just a stress from the from the plants. So many of the winds, when we get high winds, weevils and, and aphids and everything get blown in. Uh, the plants get stressed. The, the insects are more prevalent there. So what we need to do is increase our bird population. So do whatever you can to keep the birds and, and the bees happy. Um, if you do spray anything, make sure that you're spraying uh, the right time of day so you're not impacting any of the pollinators that we may have around. Uh, it, they're probably only, the weevils will do some cosmetics 
genetic damage. Uh, they may even strip a tree bare or a plant bare, but the plant can usually recover if you keep it well watered and top dressed with a little compost. Uh, but it, go to the extension.umn.edu, see if they have any other information about weevils for you. But we're seeing, I've been seeing a lot of it listed on Mascars, our Master Gardeners talk, talk amongst mm. ourselves. All right. A uh, listener says, uh, Teresa, do we need to fertilize Brussels sprouts now? I, I would suggest, yeah, giving them a little 10-10-10 or some fertilizer, some garden food, and uh, do maybe side dress with, with compost. Uh, they're starting to, to set their little buds and things like that. You want them to be as happy and healthy as they can. And I love Brussels sprouts, so you can send me some. Not really. Don't really send them <laughs> to me. I'm just joking. Send them in the mail. <laughs> send them um, in the mail. <laughs> we have just a couple minutes to go, Teresa. Greetings. This texter says, is there, this is a good question. A uh, better or best time to plant new plants and shrubs? Yeah, when is a good time for new plants? That's a that's a good question. Spring is a wonderful time, early, early summer, and then when we're getting into the end of summer into fall. When it's really super hot out like it's been the past few weeks, you don't want to be planting any, any plants, any big shrubs. You, they're too stressful. It's stressful for you. So if you're uncomfortable hanging out in the garden for an hour, three, or five, the plants will be uncomfortable to those new plants. So... Think of those shoulder seasons, the spring and the fall, and fall is a wonderful time. Get them in by the third or fourth week of September. You should be just fine. Less than two minutes to go on the show. My Asiatic lilies are shorter than usual, not standing straight up. It was like that last year as well. Any ideas what to do for them? Asiatics do tend to dig themselves deeper into the soil. Uh, that sometimes can happen. Uh, it could just be also that they've been uh, with the... With the um, the droughts we've been having, uh, again, some compost into the soil will help around them and keep them well watered. Good luck with that. And again, uh, coming up, it's hard to believe that July is almost here, but July 8th is a garden tour. What would you call, how, what was the main title for that? It's the Hennepin County Master Gardeners Learning Garden Tour because we're master gardeners supposed to be teaching you stuff. So uh, it's a learning garden. Or go out to the Arboretum. There's wonderful things going on out there. Or accept Check the extension website, extension.umn.edu, for garden questions that we didn't get to today. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, not only is the July 8th garden tour coming up, but, but any time of the year uh, is a great time to head out to the Arboretum. You've got to sign in, you've got to reserve your time online, which is really yep. great because I mention it every show. It's so much easier in parking. I it mean, is. You just zip right in that mm-hmm. way. And yeah, if you're thinking about growing for pollinators, they say to grow three different flowering pollinator plants each season. You can go out to the Arboretum, see what's blooming, see what the pollinators like, yeah. and then plant that in your garden. You could do that at least three times this year. Excellent idea. Teresa, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Stay tuned next for CBS News, our local news, and then Andy Lindis will be answering your home improvement question. Tomorrow morning in the 7 o'clock hour, our health hour, we're going to be talking about your lungs with a pulmonologist. So keep that in mind, and we'll be answering other questions as well. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.